Welcome to the Cougar in the Milf. I'm Astrid. And I'm Blythe. This podcast is sponsored in part by Get Your Jig On, premium erotic jigsaw puzzles. Use our code CougarMelf for an additional 10% off. www.getyourjigon.com. Today's topic, season two, episode four. Can I get a side of drag and some cross-dressing on that salad? Tee off with us. Questions. Have you ever cross-dressed before? Do your friends, family, and partner know you cross-dress? How old were you when you first started wearing women's clothes and makeup? We pulled 72 people. This is what we learned. A topic that's near and dear to my heart. It is? <laughs> yes, it well, is. I've never seen you cross-dressed before. So. No, I have not cross-dressed before. I mean, like, I like men in women's clothes, but I think I'd make a pretty ugly dude. Blythe, have yeah, you I, ever I cross-dressed before? Can't imagine me in that. And I wear guys' clothes. I'm like a little tomboy. Yeah, I think the thing is that you know all women end up wearing men's clothes. You know, women wear pants, so it's like we're all we're all cross dressing in this. I have a friend. I have a friend, and he sends me photos of him in hosiery and hosiery. Yes, hosiery. Yeah, and that's hot. It's, it's interesting to see what the penis looks like. You know, stuffed into oh, some stockings. Right, yeah. it's all like squished in there. Yeah, I don't know why he's he just feels comfortable to send that to me. Mm, maybe you should send one my way next time. I shall. I should tell him to send it to you, not me. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, really, <laughs> really? Because you know I'm into lady boys, drag queens, and twinks. So yeah. just. Send all those pics my way. I saw you giving Vivian the eye at Hoy once. <laughs> oh my God! Remember that time we were uh, at Hoy, and that male stripper like jumped up on the pole. <laughs> oh my God! And he swung yes. his legs yes. out and he kicked me like directly in the ass. <gasps> oh. That was terrible. I think I was still busy in the confessional fucking Yogi Heart, but that's another. Oh no, but I did see yeah, that. Yeah, I did. We I, I, I think that was a different night than that, actually. <laughs> We've been making some steady progress with our lingerie line, and we've officially got an investor. All right, let's break into our stats. We are having an interview today with Sadie Hawk, a cross-dresser Amazing. that lives in Brooklyn. I hope we can meet him when he gets back, since we're all Brooklynites. I, I hope we can... Uh, hook up with him as well mm-hmm. that by that i mean meet yes i'm sure <laughs> i mean hook up. Go shoe shopping together and makeup <laughs> on and... that would be amazing i would love to do that i'm i'm waiting for that experience haven't right. had it yet have you ever cross-dressed before 48 percent said yes i have and i liked it 10 percent said no i haven't but i want to and 42% said, no, I haven't, and I have no interest. Did we get any good commentary? One responder said, I'd be lying if I said I haven't considered slipping on a dress or panties and then fucking my girlfriends. Crotchless fishnets and a Madonna halter top. My man got so turned on, he <laughs> fucked me through positions, treating me like this little cum slut so hot. That kind of sounds like something that... Our friend who cross-dresses would wear. Oh, totally. You know who. I know who. I could, I could definitely see him in that. Paints a lovely mental picture. Yeah. I have for a laugh, but not as a sexual thing. Uh, I think that he really wanted it. I don't know. It sounds like... Sounds like someone's in denial. Yeah, they're in denial. Uh, no, I think it's weird to do. Okay. All right. 
Next question. Do your friends, family, and partner know you cross-dress? 12% said yes. Friends, family, and partner know that I cross-dress. 12% said yes, friends, and partner. 25% said yes, friends. And 51% said I have not told anyone yet. Oh. <laughs> that's I, I mean, the, I get it. That's I mean, the majority right there, isn't it? Uh, one responder said, "Okay, cougar and milk. Where's the I don't cross dress option? This is our troll. Okay, he loves trolling yeah, us. Fuck right. that. Fuck that troll. Uh, we also got it's strictly a comfort thing, mom. I swear. Okay. <laughs> oh no way! I would never ever do that. Exactly. The person asking seems to think we all do or something." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> How old were you when you first started wearing women's clothes and makeup? 20% said less than 10 years old. 50% said between the ages of 10 and 19. 20% said 20 through 30. 0% said 31 to 40. 10% said 41 to 50. And 0% said 51 and above. I know, sometimes we pull older people, so... <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Okay. That must be rough, though, if you have to, like, you know, you've only, you've wanted to cross-dress your whole life, but you only started doing it when you were, like, over 50. It just seems like, you know, you could have been. Maybe they're having, like, a. You could have been doing it for a long time. Oh, they're having, like, a. a Crisis. An end-of-life crisis. (laughs) Yeah. finally realized that after all these years mm-hmm. all they wanted to do is like put on a dress any interesting commentary well um i have an interesting comment my friend's grandfather recently passed away and they went to his closet mm-hmm. and found all these dresses and robes and women's clothing so it was only revealed after his death that he was into cross-dressing mm. to his friends and family. It was a secret that he had kept. Nobody I used to have knew. a friend, and before she moved back, and she was like, Tessie, if I ever die, I want you to come into my room and go through my shit and clean out anything so my mom doesn't find it. I'm like, all right, fine. I, I don't really care what people see what I have. Weren't you curious what was in there then? She yeah, must yeah, have she had was, some, no, like... No, no, she just had toys. Some, like, messed up shit in there. No, she had toys. Oh, my gosh. Then I had, like, okay. another... Well, that's not so bad. Just toys. He would store his, like, Queer as Folk videos and all his paraphernalia when his parents would come over to his house with my Aww, now good friend. I know. That's so sad. I know. I'm sure that's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have had to do stuff like that. You should like have asked that. the question, do you, hi- do you have to hide your stuff in right. your closet when your parents come over? Right. It sucks. Yeah. It does suck. Yeah. The interview. So we have Sadie on the line. Sadie, thank you so much for calling us. You're very welcome. We just have a few questions for you about cross-dressing. So how old were you when you first realized that you wanted to wear women's clothes? I was pretty young. I think, you know, um, I would guess maybe... 11, maybe 10 or 11, which I I think is probably pretty common. Was your first experience, like, going through your mother's closet? I know my cousin used to do that all the time. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, my mother and my poor sister. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, What is your biggest challenge finding clothing? Well, I mean, honestly, living in New York is, like, kind of makes things easy. 
there's like a number of really great resources online that are, are available now for all variety of styles of cross-dressing. So um, I tend to do most of my shopping there. Can you give us an example of where we could go see this online? Yeah, X-Dress is like a really interesting site for um, clothing that is designed for male bodies uh, as opposed to like buying women's clothing that could fit your body. Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting resource. Glamour Boutique is in New Jersey and they've got sort of a bunch of stuff geared towards cross-dressing. And then, you know, there's like faithful old Amazon. Uh, what's been your journey with makeup? I'm still fairly new to it. I've done drag a few times, which I think I'd like to sort of make the distinction between the two sets of activities. And in those instances, I've had other people do my makeup for me. It's definitely a process and art yeah. form that I, I'm practicing on my own now. It has still taken me years to finally uh, be able to put fake eyelashes on perfectly. <laughs> I still cannot do that to this day. I tried to help so. the other time. <laughs> There's a lot of trust involved in yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So do you go out dressed as a woman? Uh, again, I, I, I've done drag publicly, but uh-huh. I, I would make a distinction between that so I, like sort of performance and mm-hmm. uh, cross-dressing as a fetish, which I do right. uh, more in the safety of my own home or right. with other partners. What do you get out of cross-dressing and why do you do it? It's one of several kinks that I'm interested in, but I think for me it's about uh, transcending sociocultural structures oh. and... Um, the ability to step outside of something that has been prescribed to you or, you know, it's, I think it's sexy to be able to, to design a persona or to design a performance or, or to like, you know, transcend whatever norm that you live your life in. Mm, I agree. That's, that's very nice, actually. Well put. Yes, well put. Definitely. <laughs> okay. And um, our last question is, what's your greatest cross-dressing accomplishment? (laughs) Accomplishment? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think because it sort of happens like relatively more in the shadows, it's not really an overt activity that I participate in. Um, You know, I think it's, it's more about like being able to explore aspects of that with other partners and so mm-hmm. um various various kinds of interesting like gender bending sex acts maybe would be how mm-hmm. i would answer that do you have a certain style that you like i'm sort of naturally a switch outside of my cross-dressing fetish and i've uh, done it both as a top and a bottom i'm a switch i'm a switch nice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can. I guess we can all relate with that then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I like Mm -hmm. the the push and pull between dominance and submission. Having a different kind of sexual persona that you can use to explore different things in the bedroom. Absolutely. (laughs) I I mean, I think it's all about performance. At least for me, there's sort of an aspect of performance, and it's fun to be able to play different roles. Mm, Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Sadie. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Bye. News brief. Women used cross-dressing to pass as men in order to live adventurous lives outside of the home, which were unlikely to occur while living as women. 
Women who engaged in cross-dressing in earlier centuries were lower-class women who would gain access to economic independence as well as freedom to travel, risking little of what they had. Female-to-male cross-dressing depicted a movement forward in terms of social status, power, and freedom. Some famous cross-dressers for ya. Mulan is said to have lived in China during the Northern Wei, Northern Wei and to have posed as a man to fulfill the household draft quota, thus saving her ill and aged father from serving. The legend of Pope Joan alleges that she was a promiscuous female pope who dressed like a man and reigned from 855 to 858. Catalina de Arauzo, known, known as the nun lieutenant, was a Spanish woman who, after being forced to enter a convent, escaped from it disguised as a man. She fled to America and rolled herself into the Spanish army under the false name of Alonso Diaz Ramirez de Guzman. She served under several captains, including her own brother, and was never discovered, although she had a successful career, reaching the rank of lieutenant and becoming quite well known in the Americas. After a fight in which she killed a man, she was severely injured, and fearing her end, she confessed her true sex to a bishop. There was a huge scandal afterwards, since as a man, she had become quite famous in the Americas. Thanks to the scandal and her fame as a brave soldier, she became a celebrity. She went back to Spain and even granted a special and was even granted a special dispensation by the Pope to wear men's clothes. She started using the male name Antonio de Arauzo and went back to serving in the army until her death in 1650. Mary Hamilton dressed as a man to learn medicine and later married a woman in 1746. It was also alleged that she had married and abandoned many others for either financial gain or for sexual gratification. She was convicted of fraud for misrepresenting herself as a man to her bride. I see that you're giving me all of her names here. <laughs> That's what this is all about. <laughs> no, come she, on. I got with she, you. She... <laughs> She Pee-Poo. I think it's She Pee-Poo. Pee-Poo was a male Peking opera singer <laughs> spying on behalf of the Chinese government during the Cultural Revolution. He cross-dressed to gain information from a French diplomat. Their relationship lasted 20 years, during which they married. Astrid, please, you're cracking me up. Stop. <laughs> I, I totally should be doing here, though. <laughs> Shit Poo-Poo. Anyways, here we go. Rose Salavi, the feminine alter ego of the French Dada artist Marcel Duchamp. I love Marcel Duchamp. So do I. Remains one of the most complex and pervasive pieces in the enigmatic puzzle of the artist's oeuvre. She first emerged in portraits made by the photographer Man Ray, love Man Ray, mm-hmm. in New York <laughs> in the early 1920s, when Duchamp and Man Ray were collaborating on a number of conceptual photographic works. By creating for himself this female persona whose attributes are beauty and eroticism, he deliberately and characteristically complicated the understanding of his ideas and motives. Seven things you learn as a straight guy who's a crossdresser. Number one, tucking your junk is a delicate art form. So I looked up how to tuck your junk. The first step is to push your balls up into, quote, the cavity in which they descended from. (gasps) The descension of the balls. (laughs) Next, wrap your scrotum around your dick and wrap it with tape. Next. Tape your dick back and secure a line of duct tape up your ass. 
That's just not funny. This okay, like okay, how okay. how fucking like annoying and and painful and and crappy does that sound? It almost sounds like women who wrap their breasts to like make it seem like they have it's no like breasts. nothing. And you thought that was bad. Uh, number two, you don't really fit in anywhere. The thing about being a straight crossdresser is that on top of not really fitting into mainstream society, you don't really fit into the LGBT community either. Gay men tend to get annoyed and believe we don't know what their struggle is like. Bisexuals seem to find it confusing because many assume mixing genders would mean liking both. The trans part of the LGBT equation is where you think crossdressers would fit in, but there's a lot of infighting in that group, which is kind of hard to sum up. Let me put it this way. I'm a crossdresser who has no issues putting myself out there on the interwebs or strutting about in public from time to time. But to date, the most hostility I've encountered has not been from the homophobic fuckwits you'd, <laughs> homophobic fuckwits you'd expect, but from trans women. Obviously, not all of them are hostile, but I think many of them have a violent gag reflex at the thought of being associated with someone who is just a man in a dress. <laughs> who wrote this article? This is hysterical. And number three, it doesn't have to be about sex. I can put on all this stuff and feel incredibly sexy, but it doesn't get me off. It may seem like a fine line, but really... It's the same way that any woman can put on a slinky dress and heels and feel powerfully sexy. But that doesn't mean it gives her a sexual thrill in and of itself. It's a look, not a fetish. A history in transvestism and drag. In some societies, transvestites were ridiculed, as they are today. But more often they were treated with respect and regarded as possessing great wisdom and of having magical or mystical qualities. Christian saints and Hindu gods have changed sex at will, and Hippocrates reported that men who dressed as women became priests. Cross-dressing was widely documented among the Aztecs, Incas, and Egyptians, among other great civilizations of the past, and exists today in tribal ceremonies around the world. Imagine religious rites of initiation, invocations of the gods, calling down the rains, and warding off evil spirits as occasions that would call for drag in these cultures. Caligula used to dress as a woman, as did at least one English king and one French king. Today, shamans are often men dressed in feminine clothing. The most famous transvestite in history was probably, how do you pronounce it? Le Chevalier, Le Chevalier de Yon de Beaumont. <laughs> Le Chevalier, Le Chevalier. Oh, Lord, he just say it. Le Chevalier d'Eon de Beaumont. Thank you. A lawyer, political adventurer, spy, and diplomat in the service of Louis the Louis the Twelfth. He spent forty-eight years living as a man and thirty-four living as a woman. The word eonism is now often used as a synonym for transvestism or cross-dressing. The term drag queen occurred in Polari a subset of English slang that was popular in some gay communities in the early part of the 20th century. The first recorded use of drag to refer to actors dressed in women's clothing is from 1870. In the 21st century, a drag queen is not just a man who wears women's clothes. A drag queen is an entirely separate entity. In theater, William Shakespeare made substantial use of cross-dressing for female characters who took on masculine clothing to carry out actions difficult for women. 
in Renaissance England, it was illegal for women to perform in theaters. I mean, really, I, I just can't. I mean, the you, uh, early history of theater, there was no I know. female I just can't. actors. I just can't. That's I just can't. insanity. I know. So female roles in the plays of Shakespeare and his contemporary playwrights were originally played by cross-dressing men or boys. Therefore, the original productions of Shakespeare plays actually involved double cross-dressing, male actors playing female characters disguising themselves as males. That's some <laughs> hardcore meta shit right there. A woman acting in a public playhouse would have offended not only on religious grounds, but also be seen as a shocking example of inappropriate behavior. A shocking example of inappropriate behavior. Cross-dressing remained a pervasive part of theater culture until the late 19th century, when it began to take a new form. Female impersonators developed their own vaudeville acts, wherein they created caricatures of women, drag, quote, was as popular an act in the numerous vaudeville theaters across America from the turn of the 19th century until the late 1930s. The modern iteration of the drag queen developed in underground clubs over the next handful of decades. Drag was a powerful movement in New York City during the late 80s and 90s, due in large part to the explosively experimental East Village performance scene and its products, such as the Pyramid Club, and the annual Wigstock Drag Festival. I love me some DEFCON at the Pyramid Club. At this point, drag queens were amassing large followings. Some of the first drag icons emerged. Divine was a legend out of Baltimore who frequently worked with the director John Waters. There was something striking about a 300-pound drag queen who gave no fucks. Divine notoriously consumed dog shit on camera at the end of Pink Flamingos. That kind of shock value was intrinsic to the drag persona. Divine's incredible presence even served as inspiration for Ursula the Sea Witch in The Little Mermaid. Lady Bunny tells the story of her first performance in New York City, which speaks to a drag queen's complete willingness to make a fool of herself. A drag queen challenges you to laugh with her and laugh at her. That's what makes her so alluring and captivating. My performance in New York was lip-syncing to I Will Survive at the Pyramid. I was so inexperienced that the spotlights were blinding me, and I fell off the stage. I somehow managed to get back up, wig askew and one shoe missing, and finish the number, which was a crowd-pleaser, and I was a fixture at the Pyramid for the next six or seven years. Well, that concludes this episode of The Cougar and the Milf. Join us next time. Do you have any good drag places? The box? Uh, yeah, the box. The the Slipper Room, The House Keep, of yes. House of Yes, mm-hmm. The Pyramid Club. Mm-hmm. Where else have we been to see drag shows? Don Pedro's. I want to go to the box. <laughs> I want to go back to the box. Last time I talked to Amanda Lafour at the box, uh, I was like, you look so good. <laughs> I Why don't we? I wanted to come to the strip club with me. <gasps> oh my God, I do want to go to the strip club with you. What yeah. strip club? Uh, there's pumps. We've done pumps. That. You what? know, I love pumps, but I would like to. Uh, I've been to almost everyone. I would like to try another just for hahas, but I do. I do love love me some pumps. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sorry, that went a little off topic there. Yeah. Well, oh well. Okay. What's our next episode? What is our next episode? Domestic slaves. Next time on the Cougar Shit, let's do it. Yeah. Want to? Taken in hand. See you next time.